Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant of Bible-believing Christians and ambassadors for the truth. Thank you so much for listening. And again, this week, great shares on those podcasts. I'm looking at the downloads, and we, we don't know all the numbers, and I don't want to be focused on the numbers, but we are just so blessed that uh, since we don't have a marketing department or anything, and uh, you guys are doing it. It's, it's god and he's using the body of Christ to get these uh, podcasts out there. So thank you so much. Um, before I get into today's show, which is going to be a very important topic, we're talking about New Age deception. We'll talk about holy yoga, Jesus calling, doctrines of demons with special guest Doreen Virtue. But uh, redpillprince.com, they added some new Stand Up For The Truth gear to their website. Now, they're running this. They are doing this to serve our ministry. We don't pay them. They didn't ask for anything. This is God's favor. So they added a couple shirts, hats, long sleeve, a new coffee mug that's a black mug with Stand Up For The Truth logo on it. It looks really sharp. So check that out. We do have the link at StandUpForTheTruth.com in the upper left-hand corner where it says Merch, right next to Resources, which is our 200 resources you can trust in alphabetical order. Doreen Virtue is on that list. She's a former New Age author. She was raised in the religion of Christian science, and after becoming a top-selling New Age author at a major publishing house, Doreen began studying the Bible and surrendered her life to Jesus. Praise God. She left the New Age, denounced her previous work and her books and her practices, and she's got a book out called Deceived No More, How Jesus Led Me out of the new age and into his word. Doreen Virtue, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Well, we had you on, I don't even know when it was, maybe a year ago, I'm guessing, but since that time, I was telling you before we got on the air that we have a lot of newer listeners now to the podcast because others have been sharing it, so they did not get to hear your testimony. So I want you to start with just sharing a little bit of your background. I mentioned you were raised in the religion of Christian science. You got into New Age, and, I mean, the the enemy just used you big time in that uh, venue. So please share a little bit about your uh, background, because, well, for those that didn't get a chance to hear it last time. Thank you very much. Um, Yes, Christian science, for those not familiar, uh, teaches a false gospel, teaches that Jesus was— it's hard for me to say this now because it's blasphemous, mm. but Jesus was just a mortal man mm. who came to earth to teach us how to heal like him. And so Christian scientists are famous for not going to doctors and doing faith healing. Many children tragically die because mm. they're not taken to doctors, and that's how my brother and I were raised. It's neo-Gnosticism, which means that uh, they believe that the that matter isn't real, the mm-hmm. body's not real, and matter's bad, and only spirit is real. So uh, it's this, uh, you you deny any kind of negative thinking, uh, you only think positive because that's how you stay healthy. And see, there's a little crossover, a little truth in that, and that's what the devil always does, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He mixes in truth with lies. And so I was raised without doctors. Um, praise the Lord, I was kept alive this long. And uh, and we were we were actually paranoid to have any negative thoughts. And so that made me ripe, as you said, for the devil to use me. Uh, when I started writing books to teach all, I was teaching Christian science, but it's similar to New Age. Mm-hmm. And then as I was touring as a New Age author um, at the Mind Body Spirit Festivals, I started to learn more and more about the kind of the occult side of New Age, where it was about divination, uh, using uh, cards and crystals. And I got into yoga for 20 years and and very soon began teaching what I was learning at those festivals and wrote books about them. And and within 20 years, I had 70 books and card decks out, and I was on Oprah. And 
CNN and The View and all the liberal shows mm. teaching other people these heresies, and wow. and I'm I'm so ashamed of it now. But now, of course, after God's grace and mercy in saving me in 2017, I spend every day denouncing the New Age and mostly warning professing Christians that there's New Age in the Church, mm-hmm. which is very disturbing. We're going to talk a lot about that, and you mentioned uh, they think um, some thought that matter, uh, um, the body, the physical body was evil, spirit was good, which in Colossians 2.9 led Paul to write to the Colossians at the church there. It says, in Christ, it says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And think about the, those at that time, the Gnostics and others who really didn't believe in something good being of the physical nature. And that's what Jesus is and was because he was the God-man. And so that was an amazing revelation. So Paul's saying Jesus is God in the flesh. Um, Doreen, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you talk about the Christian science. A lot of people have so many different religious backgrounds, but we see their influence in the church, as you mentioned. One of the beliefs of Christian science, they teach that God is father-mother. And yes. how does that work? And uh, is there any connection to the goddess like Gaia and all these gods, these female gods that uh, people tend to, you know, that's really one of the, the uh, uh, underpinnings of feminism you know, they, they remove Father God, and they talk about Mother Nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the creation order is not even addressed in Christian science. Mm. And my mother was at the pulpit when I was growing up as a, a reader. Um, of course, Christian science was founded by a woman, Mary Baker Eddy, who was a spiritist who claimed to channel Abraham Lincoln and other bizarre um, things like that. And, mm. and she basically plagiarized a man named Phineas Quimby, who was a mesmerizer, a hypnotist. And she took his material, called it her own, published it, and founded a religion that fortunately is a dying religion now. But there's still a lot of people who are under its influence, including my own mother, who we're sharing the gospel with her. She's 88 and basically dying. She lives Mm. with us um, with a lot of medical issues has to take a handful of pills every day, but doesn't see that Christian science doesn't even work. So it's it's a really tragic religion. Mm. Like you said, it just denies um, the true Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. Um, as the Apostle John says in 1 John 4, we must test the Spirit by saying, does, does, does this teaching point us to Jesus, who came in the flesh to earth? Mm. So... I want to mention your book. It's been out for about a year and a half, doing very well from what I see. And on Amazon, a lot of great comments. Um, It's called Deceived No More. When I pulled it up this morning, it's interesting how Amazon shows books that are frequently purchased together. Your book, then then Stephen Bancar's book on the New Age. We've had him on the Mm -hmm. podcast. And then Elisa Childers' book, Another Gospel. We've had her just recently, about a month ago. So what a blessing. It's like, yes, we're on the right track here. We're we're all playing for the same team. So it's good to know that we are trying to— Yes, we are trying to raise awareness. We are trying to be defenders of the truth. And we're trying to confront these um, doctrines of demons. And New Age is definitely one of them. There are some subtleties. We'll talk about— Holy Yoga in a minute. You have an article on your website on Jesus Calling. In fact, I have it right here. We're going to talk about it. Say No to Jesus Calling, uh, New Age Channeled Books. Uh, Thank you, Doreen, for putting that on your website. But I want to talk briefly about The Chosen because I mentioned that last Friday. Uh, Right after Ray Comfort, we did a segment with him. He's got a new book out on evangelism, of course, Ray Comfort. And then we talked about The Chosen just I did, and I want someone else to comment on it because we've got some feedback on it, and a lot of Christians are upset that we pointed some things out about Dallas Jenkins, about his thoughts about Mormonism and Christianity, and uh, Jonathan Rumi, the uh, committed Catholic. Uh, I just want you to share your thoughts and what your concerns are, not knowing what I shared in, in detail last Friday about The Chosen, Doreen. It's just so important to be discerning, especially these days when the devil is seems to be working overtime to um, fool, even if possible, the elect. And so 
I've watched half of an episode of The Chosen. I absolutely got really mad and stopped watching that and never will watch it again. Mm. But I've kept up with um, other discernment channels and looking at what they're actually teaching. Uh, I didn't even know at the time that the Mormon and Catholic influence was there. I just knew it was unbiblical. Mm. Look, the the main concern I have, the overarching concern, is if someone is... A, a new Christian, a baby Christian, or or someone who's not even saved but is being called by Jesus, they might be confused by the, cho- the chosen and think that it is the Bible. Hmm. They may think it's biblical. They may not read these interviews where Dallas Jenkins says that it's ninety five percent unbiblical. They they might think this is how Jesus was, and they'd be following the false Jesus as I was in Christian Science. And then at the end of their life, they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And we know what Jesus said, away from me, you workers of inequity, I never knew you. Hmm. So it's spiritually dangerous to have a show like this portraying Jesus in ways that are decidedly unbiblical. And, um, and, And we know that the Mormon Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Mormons think that that Jesus, like I was raised with, was a created being. Mm-hmm. They call him the the brother of Lucifer. That's right. Which I I don't even understand where they got that. First of all, but secondly, that's just beyond offensive and blasphemous. Um, from my perspective as an ex New Ager, when I see clips from the Chosen where Jesus is telling people, he told the woman at the well in Samaria. He told um, supposedly Nicodemus to follow your heart. Hello, that is nowhere in the Gospels. It's nowhere in any of the canon. In fact, um, Jeremiah 17.9 says that the heart is wicked. Mm. And the Proverbs tell us that we're fools if we follow our own heart. Mm. So why would Jesus tell someone to follow you? Well, there's a reason, because Mormonism tells you to follow your own heart. They call it the fire in the bosom, wow. that if you will read the Book of Mormon and just follow your heart, it will. God will tell you from your heart that the Book of Mormon's true. Mm. So that's very concerning to me, yes. and that's just a fraction of the things we could go through for hours about the Chosen. Thank you for making that connection. Mormons do believe that God was once a man, and Jesus was created as the spirit brother of Lucifer, and that we can all become gods. Um, and th- you said something about follow your hearts. That's as a Christian, that's awful advice to give someone, because that's what young transgender identifying children are doing. They're following their hearts, whatever they think is going to be popular, the good thing for them, or might make them happy, a different lifestyle. But I pulled this meme off um, someone's website. You reminded me of this uh, this morning, Doreen Virtue. Things Jesus never said. Follow your heart, or you can insert dreams. Follow your dreams. Be true to yourself. Go with your gut. You're a good person. As long as you're happy. Rather, Luke 9.23, If anyone wishes to come after me, Jesus said, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. So, Doreen, I know people can get seduced by this because we are often taught to to follow something that will make us happy and not holy. Your thoughts? That's right. Yeah. yeah we're not about—Alistair um, Begg, I love what he says, that the Bible— excuse me, doesn't tell us to be comfortable, but the Bible is is leading us to holiness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so sorry. Um, so the, the secular world and the New Age world, in fact, I was guilty of this as a New Age teacher, um, tells us that the answers are within, mm-hmm. tells us that uh, all we have to do is just meditate on our hearts, you know, close your eyes, listen to the inner voice, and then you'll get your answers. Well, I want to just say I followed that for years because I was in my late 50s when I was saved. And yeah. before then, all I did was follow my dreams, follow my heart. And from a worldly standpoint, it worked. I was highly successful. I was the top-selling New Age author at the time I was saved, not bragging, but just pointing out that following your heart works in, on, you know, from uh, all these people like the Law of Attraction and manifesting and vision boards. I did all that. I had my husband and I had a 50 acre ranch in Hawaii. Hmm. We had uh, standing, I had standing room only um, workshop audiences. As I said, I was on Oprah. 
celebrities were at my house constantly. You know, they were my friends. They said, and now they're, they're nowhere to be seen. Um, <laughs> I seemed to have it all, but I was still seeking. I wasn't happy. I was looking for the answers still, and they were always there on my bookshelf in the Bible. When I finally read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, mm-hmm. that's when I got what I was looking for all those years. And my husband and I walked away from our ranch and we were making a lot of money back then. We walked away from all of that, and we started over. My husband got a, a new job. Um, I have a job now, you know, regular job, and and uh, moved from Hawaii to the Pacific Northwest in the middle of a snowstorm in 2017 um, because we're now following God. And my life verse is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. You know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. The Jesus of the chosen is teaching the opposite of that, Hmm. to lean on yourself. Wow. Important points here. We're speaking with Doreen Virtue, by the way. Her book is titled Deceived No More. I'm sure you can get that on Amazon. I see it right here on Amazon. But Doreen, you can get that on your website as well. Is that the case? Yes, and and ChristianBooks.com carries it. Okay, great. Um, I encourage you guys to check it out. And uh, because there are so many subtle influences on the New Age that are in the church, uh, you would be surprised, friends, um, if we were to just continue to open our eyes and be discerning. That's why we're having this podcast today. Um, Sixty, More than 60% of Americans agree with this philosophy. This is according to Barna, Barna Group. Many religions can lead to eternal life. There is no one true religion. Uh, Doreen, that's very disturbing. That's uh, a poll of Americans, and an overwhelming number, more than half, it's 60% and some. Uh, So what we've been talking about recently on the podcast is a recent Barna survey that said only 2% of young Parents in America have a biblical worldview, and what the reason they came up with that is they did more research finding out why people believe what they do, and a lot of people are grabbing all kinds of different religions, and it's called religious pluralism, syncretism. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, Doreen, I would love your thoughts on this. We've just got two and a half minutes left. The coexist mentality or philosophy, which is really a, a slogan against Christianity, because you're supposed to be tolerant of all paths, right? Your thoughts briefly on religious pluralism and its influence in America and this coexist idea. Yeah, well, I was a walking coexist bumper sticker (laughs) myself before I was saved. I I was a student of world religion, Mm -hmm. and I believed all paths led to God, but they were using different words. Um, And interestingly and tragically, in The Chosen, Jesus tells someone in one of the scenes that God sent him to create a path to God, to heaven. And we know that in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am the the way, and the word the is very important, and it's purposeful in Greek. Mm-hmm. And he did not say he's one of many ways, he's the way. So all of those other paths may seem to be attractive, they might seem to be woke or inclusive, and isn't that lovely, you know, everyone, but that that's a path to hell, to think that. That's the path I was on, and by God's grace... He showed me his word, and his word is true and sufficient. It's God-breathed. So when Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him, that completely disrupts the whole coexist mentality. Um, Really what it comes down to, isn't it, that people need to read their Bibles and be in the word every single day and believe it. Yes, that is our final authority, or Bible-believing Christians. It has to be our go-to. We've got to be founded on that. It calls Jesus the cornerstone, capital C, of our faith. And we've got to be in the Word. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to be as uh, discerning when it comes to some of these influence, some of these subtleties, and some of them are more blatant than others, especially today. I mean, the devil, I think, is pulling out all the stops. But mm-hmm. we've, we've got to take a break. We're speaking with Doreen Virtue former New Ager, and now praise God. She's an ambassador for Christ, influencing people for the kingdom of God. And we are standing on his truth, defending the truth. When we come back, uh, guys, stay with us. You might not like some of it, but we have to talk about holy yoga, Jesus calling, and other influences that you probably know someone who may be following these paths. 
More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Doreen Virtue, and she's got a great YouTube channel. You can look her up, Doreen Virtue For Jesus. And one of her recent videos is How to Witness to a New Ager, and I really appreciated some of that, uh, what you were saying, Doreen, and that sometimes you just need to grab their hand and ask, ask if you can pray for them, because they almost never reject prayer uh, for them. And so that, that's kind of, that was kind of a neat point. And by the way, that works for, I believe, a majority of human beings. Most people would not reject if you said, hey, can I pray for you? Um, but on your YouTube channel, I also saw a video that fascinated me because this is where I was in 1989, how Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins influenced me. And, and Doreen, share a little bit of that because you probably rubbed elbows with some of these guys. I was buying their cassette packages and their their uh, you know programs, and I was listening to all this stuff, and that stuff led me to the word faith, name it, claim it, Christianity. And uh, so talk about a little bit about that in your background. Yes, well, like you, I was mesmerized by the power of positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Norman Vincent Peale, yes. uh, Emmett Fox, the, you know these pr- people who would just sprinkle in some Bible verses enough where you kind of drop your defenses and feel safe. And and Wayne Dyer um, was at the same publisher as me, and we toured for probably fifteen years together. Wow! Um, and and so. I was at many of his speeches, often in the front row, and I guess we were friends or associates at least until his death, and um, we lived nearby each other too in Maui, Hawaii and such. So yeah, he had a big influence on me, um, crossing over from Christian science to New Age, which wasn't a very big chasm really, it was pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and one of the things that he influenced was he had a big Eastern that um, he was also a student of world religions, and uh, he was very much into this Maharishi, and um, kind of almost like the Beatles were in the '60s. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Wayne Dyer was the first one to teach me about chanting Om, mm-hmm. which is something that uh, you do daily in yoga studios, and and he explained that Om is the sound of creation and the universe, which of course New Agers won't use a lot of Christian terms. They will call God the universe or source mm-hmm. instead of saying God. And so um, Wayne Dyer was very—he had a lot of good stories, and most of his stories were about people having worldly success. And at that time, I was very young and ambitious, and, and so um, I wanted to learn how to be a worldly success. And he said, if you just chant this name that— he he had taught this to these two people who went to Las Vegas and wrapped their legs around a slot machine and said om and money poured out of the slot machine oh, and we we in the audience were very impressed by that so we all start <laughs> alming in the audience and and then he says put your your focus on your in between your two eyes in between your eyebrows he said that's the third eye so he's teaching psychic development wow. under the guise of positive thinking he says as you're saying om put your your focus there, and as as we're saying that, I felt something kind of pop in that area. And after the workshop, driving home, I started. I was seeing things, and it reminded me as in childhood I'd had visions, um, and it was kind of like because of his workshop where we chanted Om and focused on our third eye. I started to have these kind of supernatural experiences, but not supernatural and grounded in God at all. It mm. was definitely demonic. But I didn't know any better because I hadn't read the Bible. I hadn't compared or tested the spirits. So that was really what launched my um, New Age career that point. Wow. Uh, and and I started to give psychic readings and such. And boy, it's real dangerous. Um, the As you said also, this power of positive thinking path, it makes you self-reliant, as yes. we talked about in the last segment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I can, I can change this, I can attract this, it's all my power, instead of knowing that we don't have any power, we, all, all things are in the power of God or the devil. Um, we must stand in the strength of, of Jesus to withstand all the stress that all of us are going through these days, 
And it's not up to us to try to predict, control, or change the future. If we're scared of the future, that's again where it's Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and he'll make your your path straight. Um, Not about attracting what we want through positive thinking. I, I really think the devil just is... He just takes advantage of people who do that. He sure did with me. Mm. You mentioned something interesting about the New Age uh, calling God the universe. Um, I think it's the Freemasons that call God the supreme being or the great architect of the universe. But you said also something. They see uh, the universe or the source. And I just think, I just preached at a church in Illinois this last Sunday. I just got to share a verse that's very important about Jesus being the source. There is no other source. It says in uh, Revelation 22, uh, 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. So the root and descendant, he is in David's line, the descendant, the Messiah, the messianic line. But the root, that means he is the source. And there's so many scriptures that confirm that he is the creator, Jesus, in Colossians 1 and John 1. Um, anyway, Doreen, back to uh, this this journey that you were on, and, and it must have been so difficult for you. You were around some very famous, in, the, in those circles, very influential people. I mean, here's, I was following, I started with Norman Vincent Peale, his book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I want to make a connection here, because if you don't read much of the Bible, just maybe read a few Psalms, or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a great verse. If you take it out of context, it says, yes, I can do all things. Uh, and you start mm-hmm. thinking about these things, and then there's some positive thinkers and, and teachers of this that would say, there's power in your words. All you need to do is speak it or visualize it, and now we have a bridge to Joel Osteen theology, and which is very deceptive and very subtle, but very addicting. Could you please share a little bit about that? Because a lot of Christians fall for that, thinking, well, why not? Yeah, I want to be positive. I want to visualize more and create more in my life. It is very seductive. When I was first being called out of the New Age, probably before I was saved, which which I I was first called out of the New Age because I was a student of uh, world religion, and I would listen to uh, sermons and lectures by shamans and Celtic goddess worshipers, but then I would also listen to Alistair Begg all the time. <laughs> and so, Jan- yeah, in January 2015, Alistair Begg gave a talk um, on Second Timothy 4, in the end times people will want their itching ears tickled by false teachers. And he described false teachers, and it was like he was talking about me. And mm. it really, wow. it just completely pierced me, and the Holy Spirit used that to convict me. So that's what started me on um, going to church and reading the whole Bible. And so what I learned was that um, it's not about what I do, not about, you know, me speaking words into existence, because Christian science taught us that if we say a formulaic prayer, we will instantly and guaranteed be healed, because... uh, Christian science denies Genesis 3 in the fall and mm-hmm. says that only Genesis one twenty six applies where we were made in the image and likeness of God, and God's not sick, so therefore we're not sick. So it's an illusion wow. that you're sick, and that God always, always wills us to be healthy, which is the Word of Faith movement says that too, that if you're not healthy, it's your fault that you don't have enough faith. If you're not wealthy, it's your fault. You don't have enough faith. And and that is cruel as well as unbiblical. Yes, oh my we have goodness. To, we have to study the Bible. Um, as you said, if you just know a little bit of the Bible, you're prey to these wolves. I This is going to upset some people, but I was following Joyce Meyer when I was first being called out of the New Age, and I, I didn't know any different. She's got a Bible, a big audience. Mm-hmm. She says she's Christian, but she was teaching Word of Faith, and I was following... It, it, it was exactly what I'd just come out of. So I thought, well, this is an easy transition. <laughs> you know? so, and But what they don't do, what Joel Osteen doesn't do, is, and he admits this publicly, is that he won't talk about sin and repentance. And that's the true gospel, is to realize that we are sinners, all of us, Romans 3.23. None of us are good, no, not one. And that we have to repent, change our mind, metanoia. Mm. And we must give our lives to Jesus 
as our Lord and Savior. And without that teaching of sin and repentance, we have a false gospel. And what does Paul say? That let those who teach a false gospel, let them be accursed, even if it comes from an angel. Mm. And so we, we've got to be on guard always and discerning as Christians. We're, we're praying for these false teachers. Yes, I was a false teacher, you know, and a lot of people prayed for me and, and praised the Lord from His mercy and grace. I was saved out of deception. I would love to see the day when Joyce Meyer and, and uh, Joel Osteen, they say, I, I, I was wrong. Don't buy my old books. Like I'm mm. saying to people, my old books are still for sale in some places. If you have them, please burn them. Mm. They're, they're garbage. All, all New Age products are garbage, and, and I think that they're demonic and need to be uh, tossed out. One of the things that happened since we last, last spoke, David, is that I finally graduated from seminary, by the way. Wow, praise so, God. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of work. I went full-time from 2019 to last year, mm. and I got my master's in biblical and theological studies. And the only people ask me, why'd you go? Are you going to be a pastor? I'm like, no, there's <laughs> no such thing as a female pastor. Uh-oh. Second um, Timothy 2.12 says this. No, I, 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 the, the word is true. And women have a place. I mean, we can teach children. We can teach other women, which I'm involved with. Um, in the, at the pulpit, but we're not to have authority over men. So the only reason I went to seminary was because I was raised with the Bible in a false way. I was given a King James Bible as a present when I was probably, what, six years old, seven? Huh. I was reading the Bible my whole life, but out of context. So wow. I went to seminary to learn how to rightly divide the Word, which I highly recommend for women to to get into theology, not just these fluffy devotionals that were handed, not just these VBS-like women's studies that were given. Women need solid, grounded, in the Word, theology. Amen. Yep, so they can mentor others, mentor other women. Um, That's right. Let's talk about a great article on your web- website. And, and Doreen, I admit, I don't like talking about this at all. Uh, but Jesus mm-hmm. Calling, these books are addicting, yeah. and they are very influential, and they are New Age-based. Uh, you say the Jesus Calling books are identical to the New Age books that I channeled before I was saved. And you say, please pray for Sarah Young to repent as people prayed for me when I was a false teacher. So how would you respond by saying, but she means well, and isn't, it, isn't there some positive messages you can get from the Jesus Calling books? Well, there's certainly ego-stroking positive messages that <laughs> Jesus, that, that Sarah Young channels. And I have her first edition of the book. That's where you find out the truth. Mm. If you go to the first edition, she credits a openly metaphysical New Age book called God Calling. Sarah Young said she didn't get enough out of the Bible, which is wow. impossible. Wow. Um, and so she needed to go outside the Bible. And so she claims to speak for God. Uh, so in that respect, then her books must be a continuation of the canon, I'm saying sarcastically, <laughs> because God's Word, you know, does not return void. But her her Jesus tells us we're wonderful, tells us, gosh darn it, you can do whatever you want, like Mr. Rogers. And her Jesus also changes his mind all the time, because every edition, the words he said are changed. And it seems, it's interesting that she changes the words in response to her critics, wow. to kind of assuage the critics. People are mad about me talking about this. I yep. get letters where people say, but she she references Matthew one eighteen at the bottom of the page. And, I, and I'll say, did you actually open Matthew one eighteen though? She says that, but did, she doesn't have the actual words. She just has the chapter and verse number right there. Hmm. If you open it up and compare to what that Jesus said, you'll see that they're not the same. And Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever, so how could he contradict himself? Yes, and again, similar to The Chosen, perhaps, uh, this is far worse, uh, one of the points in this article, it says, if this is indeed Jesus speaking, we need, to, we need to explain why he sounds so markedly different from the Jesus of the Gospels or the Jesus of the book of Revelation. Um, Doreen, what point six? I really want to focus on that and get your thoughts on point six, which says um, Sarah Young in Jesus Calling mimics occult practices, and this is a reference to what a lot of Christians do. They journal, and they wait and they listen in silence, or they try to hear from God. 
share your thoughts on this and your concerns. Yeah. Well, I like Sarah Young, I was convinced that I was getting information in my books from God's angels. Um, I would sit and uh, close my eyes and pray what in the New Age is called a prayer protection, which is can't happen because you can't pray and then sin for God to protect you. And so I would sit there and close my eyes and listen for the inner voice, and I would always twist the, the verse, you know, the still small voice, and, you know, just twisting Scripture. And then I would engage in this practice called automatic writing, which is exactly what Sarah Young engages in. She talked about that in her first edition of Jesus Calling. And the messages I got from these so-called angels led people away from the real Jesus, led them away from the Bible. In fact, I would always tell people the Bible was corrupt and that Constantine had changed it and the Roman Catholic Church had corrupted it and there was lost books. All these (laughs) unfounded myths that led people away from Bible study. And I got those messages from automatic writing from demons. Wow. And and they didn't tell me they were demons. They didn't show up with red horns. I really thought they were the, the holy angels that were in the Bible. Um, I was wrong. I repent. I apologize if anyone listening got involved with that because of my work. Um, I, I was entirely wrong, and so is Sarah Young. Mm. And, and Jesus Calling Books, just like my old books, should be thrown into the fireplace mm. or thrown away so that no one else can read them. They may seem comforting, Many people, when I first got saved, wrote to me and said, but your books and cards bring me so much comfort, they must be from God. Wow. That's a fallacy. Yes. Just because something's comforting does not mean it's from God. Getting drunk might seem comforting, but that's a sin. Oh, thank you for putting it that way. Just because something is comforting does not mean it is from God. We have very uh, different experiences and definitions of comfort, but uh, Doreen, I'm, I'm praising God with you for Romans 8.1 that says, For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so regardless of our past, if we've truly repented, God doesn't even look at that anymore. So praise God, no matter how much we did in the past, no matter how many people we may have influenced in the wrong direction, Thank God for his mercy and for his grace. We've got to take another break. When we come back, we will talk about another influence in the Christian church, and that would be yoga. Some call it holy yoga and do the same positions as you know Hindu gods when they're doing their thing. This is really, there's some confusion. We've got to clear up about this. But we're speaking with Doreen Virtue. Her book is called Deceived No More. So a lot more coming up. Keep it right here on Stand Up For The Truth, friends. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Doreen Virtue, former New Ager and best-selling author. Um, and now she's got a new book out as she got saved and she studied the Bible. She's got a master's and it's called Deceived No More, How Jesus Led Me Out of the New Age and Into His Word. Doreen, one of the Sad realities is the fact that we try all these influences, all these other things that are outside of Christianity to try to maybe fulfill us or just a new thing to do for meditation or uh, exercise. And one of those things is yoga. Some call it holy yoga. I know of one church who called it chapel yoga, and there's the Christian church. They would invite women in, I think, a couple times a week in the morning, and they would do yoga. So You just recently did a program, I'm not sure if it was recent or not, but you had a a former yoga instructor, and it's called Why I Quit Holy Yoga. So, Doreen, please uh, inform some of our listeners who may be confused about this. Absolutely. Again, it goes back to what we talked in the last segment about just because something seems comforting or seems helpful does not make it biblical or Christian or from God. In fact, the devil mixes in truth and lies. I mean, the fruit seemed very tempting to Eve, didn't it? Um, So we have to be on guard for these things. And um, the false prophets in the Old Testament, we can see the example there where they would comfort people and tell them, oh, nothing's going to happen to Jerusalem because the temple's here and God's in the temple. So he would not allow this, this exile that the other prophets are talking about. So 
you know, something can comfort us, but it could be dangerous. And that's how so-called holy or chapel or Christian yoga is. I did yoga for 20 years when I was in the New Age. (laughs) When I converted, I threw away my yoga mat. I would not get back on a yoga mat for anything now. And the reason is because it cannot be redeemed. Now, Mm. a lot of people point to Paul talking about the meat being redeemed, the meat being prayed over in pagan temples, that, you know, everything is clean now. Mm -hmm. But in that same passage, Paul talks about that he would not eat meat if it would cause a brother to stumble. And he makes that point very clearly. Holy yoga, in my opinion, causes people to stumble because it gives the illusion that it's safe to put the veneer of Bible verses and hymns over a pagan practice and call it Christian. Hmm. Interestingly, no one says that you could take a Ouija board and put Bible verses on a Ouija board and call it a holy Ouija board or a chapel Ouija board, mm-hmm. even though it seems to bring comfort through messages. They, they don't do it with soccer or baseball. They only do it with yoga because we, we you know, the law is written on our hearts. We know that we are not to have any other gods before our true God. We know that we're not to have any idols, and yet yoga violates those two commandments. It violates what um, Paul talks about in Romans 1, that worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Now let's back up for those who do not know this. The Vedas are the scripture of Hinduism. Mm -hmm. They are older than our Bible, just like Abraham was called out of polytheism in Ur, um, to be put into monothe- the patriarch of monotheism, right? So, it does, so something being older does not make it more valid. Uh, but yoga in the Vedas themselves talks about that each of the asanas, which is a Sanskrit name, or Eastern Sanskrit name for poses, each pose is worshiping or glorifying one of the 330 million Hindu gods, goddesses, and demons, the deities. Yes. So right off the bat, we know from the Bible that Paul emphasizes that we are to glorify God with our bodies. Our purpose is to glorify God forever and enjoy Him, right? Mm-hmm. So how does it glorify God to mimic a deity with our, with our bodies? Now, some people still don't believe it, so let me break it down even further. In every yoga class, including so-called holy yoga, you do what's called the sun salutation series. Start mm-hmm. out standing up. Put your hands out, bow down, and never mind that you're bowing down at the sun, again, worshiping creation instead of creator. But what you're doing is you're engaging in a series of worship movements for Hindu deities. Let's, let's take one in particular called the Warrior Series. A lot of women like this because it makes them feel powerful. Hmm. It's very precise movements where you put your hands out to your side, locking your arms at your shoulders, It's not just natural stretching. A lot of people say it's just stretching. No, this is not natural stretching. This is very precise. The teacher will come over and correct you if you do this imprecisely. Mm. So in the Warrior Series, the the name for each of the poses is in the ancient Sanskrit language. The Warrior Series is called Virabhadrasana, or the asana means pose, the pose of Virabhadrasana. Well, let's take a look in the Vedas of who Virabhadras is. Look, he's a murderous god with a small g. He actually was um, the murderer of the son of Brahma in one of the incarnations of the Hindu um, creator deity. Because the word yoga means yoke, which means to tie together, to bind. We're told in the Bible to, to not be unequally yoked. Yoga makes you unequally yoked with the Hindu creator deity. Um, and Virabhadrasana, to get back to that, to warrior one, two, and three, you are literally acting out the murder scene of Virabhadras. So you're using your body to glorify this Hindu deity. Hmm. I mean, what more to, does anyone need to, to hear? I, I pray the Holy Spirit uses my words today to convict someone. Amen. You can stretch in ways that are not using yoga. Um, the woman in the video you referenced, David, her name is Caitlin Engelbert. She was a professing Christian who thought she could use hymns and Bible verses wow. to bypass the Hinduism, and she taught holy, so-called holy yoga on the beach of, uh, for years Wow! until God used her husband and the, the Holy Spirit convicted her that you can't, you can't scrub up, you can't redeem yoga. It's impossible. You, you know, pagan practices from 
um, Genesis to Revelation are condemned. Um, in Revelation, it says that those who practice sorcery will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we, we're, it doesn't say we can do pagan practices in the Bible. It just simply says that we can eat what was formerly called unclean meat, mm. but only if it ca- does not cause a brother to stumble. If, so let's say that someone is really secure in their, in their Christianity, and they know the Bible frontward, and, and they say, well, God knows my heart. God knows my intentions. And I always laugh, just like you did. I'm like, you should be afraid that God knows your heart. Yes. <laughs> God knows the secrets of the heart. You shouldn't brag about that. Yikes. Um, right? So yeah. you could cause someone to stumble by going to chapel yoga or so-called holy yoga, because someone who's new to the faith, doesn't know the Bible, could then use that as a funnel to go to a secular yoga studio, which are filled with polytheistic statues and the Om symbol and they chant Namaste, which is the blasphemous, the God within me recognizes and honors the God within you. Wow. Um, it, yep. it, um, I could go on and on about yoga. It's just, it's, there's nothing redeemable about it. So Caitlin Engelbert, the former holy yoga teacher, if someone would just go on YouTube, you can type in non-yoga stretches. Caitlin teaches them for free on, yoga, on uh, YouTube, and she's very careful to teach people how to stretch without getting into the asanas. And that's what I do for 20 minutes every night as I stretch, because it's good for our health. Mm-hmm. But you you should never, ever do it with the Hindu poses. One of the thoughts I had when you were describing uh, people doing, you know, playing hymns or worship music and doing yoga, they're really doing these, they're, they're practicing a form of Hinduism they may, may or may not be aware of, and they're trying to make it better by doing Christian music. I thought I had a horrific thought, Doreen. Uh, we know there was child sacrifice in the Old Testament. I'm thinking of modern-day abortion. Would it be a whole lot different in playing a Christian song or worship music praising God during an abortion? It's horrific. And I think God has the sense of if you're going to do anything, add to any other uh, practice or, or, or religion or sacrifice and put try to cover it up with with Christian music or worship music, I don't think he would receive that. as a, That would not be an acceptable sacrifice to him. But I, I wanted to ask you about um, people who are really trying to— you, you, I think you shared part of your answer by saying you found ways to, to just do stretching. You do not have to do the poses with, that mimic Hindu gods. You don't, don't have to do any of those motions that traditionally people do in yoga. What else can you share that people can do that they won't be compromising? Well, I mean, the Bible tells us that we should meditate on the Word, on the law. And so a lot of people get into Eastern meditation or mindfulness or Mm. contemplative prayer, they call it, or um, Lectio Divina. These mysticism practices, because again, like Sarah Young of Jesus Calling, they want more than the Bible gives us. I would just suggest that everything you need is in the Bible. Amen. If you need comfort... Met, open the Psalms. Amen. I mean, the classic Psalm 23, how comforting is that? And as you're reading it, pray for the Holy Spirit to illuminate what you need to know about um, from this Psalm. Um, I, I absolutely love, to me, what's really comforting over and over again is I read Second Corinthians. It's probably one of my favorite books of the Bible. And it talks about how the devil will veil the true gospel from people, and that um, as we are going through struggles, Paul talks about that it's to learn to not depend on ourselves. In Second mm. Corinthians one, he talks about it's to learn to depend on God. Amen. So use these times that we're all going through to lean upon God more, to get on your knees and just pour your heart out as the psalmist did to God, and implore Him for peace, for strength. For wisdom, yes. James tells us to pray for wisdom, not from our own self, but from God. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when you uh, mentioned mindfulness, um, we have been talking about some of the things that go on in our public schools. So Christian parents have to make sure their kids are sensitive to these things, too, because some schools— I mean, there was a case that the American Center for Law and Justice took up that uh, parents were concerned they were teaching Buddhism-based mindfulness practices in at the elementary school age. So these things are happening that some 
schools were teaching the Shahada, the five or the five pillars of Islam, and Christianity, as we know, has been expelled uh, from public schools. So the biblical worldview is out. So Christian parents really have to be aware of what's going on in their schools as well to protect their kids. But I want to share something you posted on Facebook yesterday, uh, a meme that has two, two columns. One says, you don't need this, you need this. On the left-hand side, it says, you don't need this. Horoscopes, crystals, Enneagram, tarot, pendulum, vision board, chakras, smudging, oracle cards, psychics, yoga. And on the right, obviously, you could just stop with Jesus, right? But it says, you need this, Jesus. Bible study, prayer, repentance, salvation, Praising God, obeying God, and trusting God. I say amen to that, Doreen. Yeah, and, you know, I just want to piggyback on what you said about children at school. Mm-hmm. Um, be Beware of yoga being taught in school, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of teachers think that it helps with hyperactivity or focus. But there's a woman, a, a Christian professor named Candy Gunther Brown, B-R-O-W-N, who's got a book out. Um, you can find on Amazon. I don't have the title, but it's about children and yoga. I did a video on it um, that shows that it actually has a, the opposite effect on their focus and can lead to hyperactivity. Caitlin um, Engelbert, the former holy yoga teacher, said that her children started to have nightmares and in uresis, bedwetting, after that she got her kids into yoga. Oh my goodness. She knows it was demonic. When she stopped having her kids do yoga, the nightmares and the bedwetting went away. So don't wow. let your kids do yoga. Wow. Thank you. Good warning. Um, Doreen, I'm going to put your link to your Facebook page in the podcast blog today at standupforthetruth.com. How else can other people get a hold of you? I know you've got a website as well. Yes, um, DoreenVirtue.com. And the main way people can get in touch with me is through Instagram, Doreen Virtue on Instagram. There's a, a direct message feature Instagram has. Um, and I, I personally read and answer every message. I'm very slow because it's only me, <laughs> but I do my best to, to every day I try to answer, you know, maybe 10 to 12 letters a day. Mm. So um, people are welcome to write me. I, I do request if you disagree with me that you word your disagreement nicely. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm, I welcome people who disagree with me, but I would ask you to be kind. Yes. It's amazing. We have to say that today. I think 50 years ago we wouldn't have, but in today's caustic culture where everything's so divisive and um, we have to say that if you I don't mind people disagreeing with with us I, I do mind if they attack or get defensive or insult you that's not a way to communicate and really get to the truth Doreen virtue the book again friends I encourage you to check it out it's called deceived no more God bless you sister keep fighting the good fight of faith I know you will All right, so tomorrow you will be hearing from none other than John Leffler, Steel on Steel Radio. And we've got Pastor Stefan Broden back on the podcast on Thursday. And a brand new uh, podcast guest, he's got a new book out as well, Jonathan Brentner coming in with us. He's, you can find out more about his ministry at harbingersdaily.com. Well, thank you guys, as always. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>